Episode 8.4, Current weight, 273 pounds. If you don't remember or you haven't heard the episode yet, I want to apologize to you for some of the things I've done in life. You're not going to like them, or you're not going to like me at times. Lord knows I don't, but it was survival. I start out each episode with this introduction. So if you come in the middle of this journey, you'll understand why. I want to tell you my story of a wonderful and amazing life I've had. I have stage 4 prostate cancer that is terminal and it's metastasized to my bones. No big deal. Don't fret. I've had a minor stroke, so I talk slow. So I apologize for that also. I also tell people I talk like John Wayne from Chicago. I also want to say thank you for your support to all the nurses at my hospital that believed in me and kept pushing me, kept me alive by doing this. I never knew there could be so many sweet people gathered in one place. Thank you again, and you all know who you are. So on with the show. Up the mountain, our merry band went. There was a lodge there when we got there. It was called uh, Bass Lake. There I go growling again. Previous episode, you'll hear about growling. That was closed for the season. Anyways, the owner allowed us to make a campsite on one of the lots. It was probably the beginning of September. So let me explain the campsite to you. In the middle, we had our fire pit, which was lined with boulders. And we slept all around them at night. Now remember, we're up in the mountains, so I want to tell you about that. When the shade, you wouldn't get the sun until probably 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. And so until then, you, you were in the shade and it was cold. You know, you're high up. So we got to the um, job site probably from the campsite to the job site around 6.37 o'clock, so it was still cold. Okay, so just past the fire pit was the camper. I told Bob, if it's okay, let Angie sleep in there with you. 
so nobody gets the wrong idea. And I knew, or I thought I knew, that Bob would protect her. If she's sleeping out here with those guys, it would be too much of a distraction, I told him. Of course, he agreed. So that first morning, the rangers showed up at 6. They took us out to the place they wanted us to pick the cones at. They pointed out a batch of trees that they wanted picked, and they would come back on Friday. It was Monday, and they would come back on Friday to show us the next batch of trees that we needed to be picked um, the following week. So first things first, after the rangers left, I chimed up and said, Steve, you said you had a girlfriend, right? He says, yeah, still testing me. Can I see a picture, I said. He said, sure. Oh, my God, I said, she's beautiful. And then I said, could you please do me a favor and train Angie how to climb? And he started whining. Why me? I said, because you have a beautiful girlfriend. Oh, oh, I get it, he said. Well, now you could see the disappointment (laughs) in Randy's face. I swear to God, I thought he brought his guitar. You know, what do I know? (laughs) Anyways, he had plans, but they weren't here for... We weren't here for Randy's plans. We were here to work. I'm weird that way. Someone says work. I say, how hard? Anyways, I told Lynn, you need to finish training me, okay, buddy? He laughed. I'll make a climber out of you yet, he says. So the five of us went up the couple trees, three trees, and... Angie and Steve went up one. Lynn and I went up another, and Randy went up by himself. I uh, Maybe he brought his guitar. I don't know. Now, none of us have ever picked cones. Steve, Lynn, and Randy have trimmed trees, but they've never picked cones. So let's... Explain how this works. You gaff up to the first branch, which is usually 10 to 20 feet up. Then you take the branches up the rest of the way. Now, the cool part about this is there's no dead limbs. That dead limbs are the danger. Here, these are all young, healthy trees. So, and they're, you know, like I said, uh, 60, 70 feet tall. Maybe I didn't. Anyways, so they're little trees, you know. You tie in at the top where there's about a two-inch center once you get up there. You wrap your rope around the two-inch center. You uh 
clip in, and then you have like a eight foot um, piece of rope that you wrap around the two inches, and you make your monkey fist out of that. Now, remember, past episodes, those are your brakes in case you want to get down from the tree. Now, you can walk around that tree anywhere within, say, 20 feet. You don't want to get crazy. So, your rope is 100 foot. So, the tree's probably, like I said, 60 to 70 feet. So in the beginning, we would have to tie in twice to get down the tree from the tree. Think about it. So being up there from sun up to sundown, you become very proficient at climbing trees. Trust me. I hate when people say that. Trust me. You know they're lying then. One time, I was up there so long concentrating on what I was doing, it was time to come down, and there was a doe bedded down at the base of my tree. So I just sat there, and I just watched him. What a beautiful, you look out, and how about this? If you've listened to other episodes, my life has been a fog. And you'll know why if you've listened to other episodes. For the first time while I was up there with that doe, looking down at that doe and then looking off at the other mountains range, the beauty, the smells... It was like the fog was lifted. But now remember, I'm crazy. So I invented, and why did I come here? If you've listened to other episodes, you know why I've come here. So I invented the angel flight. I got tired of going out of necessity comes automation, they say, right? Well, I'm a big believer in that. So I got tired of going down one tree and up another. That takes time out of picking the cones. So what I would do is get back to the center of the tree at the two-inch point, grab with one hand, and sway back and forth. And I'd grab the other hand too, and I'd sway back and forth, back and forth. And just when it's, just when I think it's time, you know, I'll rock back and forth like it's, like in a windstorm, you look up at the pine trees and they're swaying. Well, that's what I was doing. And when I got enough momentum and everything was just right, I would jump from one tree into the other. And now, of course, that's like I had to be within 
15, 20 feet. I didn't, I'm not crazy, crazy. Just I'm playing crazy, you know. But in my head, everything looked like it would work. Um, you know, uh, I just thought if I keep it within the marginal distance, I can make that, you know. And so, and that I would spring off one tree and on to the other. So, and if you missed, that's what I came up with when they first saw me do that and miss. They freaked out, Gabriel, Gabriel. Oh my God, oh my God, he's dead. Well, what I did was I put my arms and they. Uh, legs out like I was flying and within 10 feet I'd grab onto a branch and believe me I was looking for one <laughs> I you have no choice sounds crazy right well it's not it's it's physics which I have no clue what that is but it just looked right at least in my head, it looked right. No one else would do it. And they would get mad at me because I just kept jumping from one tree to another, picking my cones, and then sending them down like a monkey. Cool, right? Now, let me explain. Picking cones. We each brought up, say, three burlap sacks to pick the cones with. They were sacks, 50-pound sacks that you use for potatoes. So you get it, one end is open, and uh, there's a certain length of rope, and we tie a knot in each end of the open end. Get it so it looks like a gigantic purse. But three of them, okay? So once you tied in and created your monkey fist, it was time to pick cones. So all we had to do was grab the cones, put them in the burlap sack, and when you're done filling your sack, you would bring up your rope, tie off the sack, so no cones would fall out like you do a garbage bag and send your rope down. There's usually someone down there when they go up and down the tree and would untie it for you. That was a given that we all did it for each other. And you got $55 per sack. That was 1980. And you you probably could get away with sun up to sundown, maybe 10, 12 sacks a day. So you do the math because I stink at it. Anyways, easy, right? Well, if it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. Oh, I hate cliches. What I forgot to tell you, sorry, 
was that each pine cone was filled with sap. That's how the rangers would know those cones were ready to and ripe for them to uh, have harvest them. So the time you f- by the time you picked your first sack of cones, you couldn't close your hands. You were coated in sap. So not only did you have to maneuver around the top third of a tree that feels real shaky like anything, you start walking around and you start feeling uh, confident in your steps. However, I mean, you really do up there. You start feeling really confident. But the thing is, you don't have hands. So you, you need your hands. We don't have tails, so you need your hands. And then you got to pick the cones. But then you had to worry about where to put your hands so that they didn't slip or you had a good enough grip. And so the more you did it, the more confident you got in where to put your hands and how. Even at times you'll hold on to a branch with your elbows, you know, hook it around. Well, after eight, nine hours of doing this, depending on the day or ten hours, you know, when you finally came down out of the trees, we were up there, no lunch, no nothing. You know, when we finally came, you know, out of the trees, we would, um, our hands would look like cartoon characters. Like when your hand would get, like a cartoon character's hand would get hit with a mallet. That's what our hands look like, but sticky like glue. Hey, Ma, please be quiet. I'm trying to do a podcast down here.